The show is brought to you by Practical Herbalist Press, herbal books for today's practical herbalist. Find their books on Amazon.com today. Welcome to Real Herbalism Radio's Herb Lab. In today's show, we're going to recap the Versatile Row Show, along with listener feedback and comments. Later, we'll answer your burning Herbal 101 questions and follow that, that up with some herbal news. Finally, we'll preview next week's new episode. Now, here are your hosts, Candice Hunter and Sue Sierra Lupe. I'm Candace Hunter. And I'm Sue Sierra Lupe. And welcome, welcome to, to Real Herbalism, Herbalism Radio. I have been so enjoying the heavenly fragrance from those dogwoods oh, this yeah. week. They've all just suddenly blown roses. Open. Yeah. They're gorgeous. I'm so glad you put those in for me. You're very welcome. <laughs> You're very welcome. I also noticed that the beautiful little white ones with the five petals uh-huh. that you put outside the office window. Yep. Those are gorgeous. They're all opening too. Yeah. You've got to get some shots of those. Oh yeah. Put it on the website so people mm-hmm. can see how wonderful they truly are. Oh yeah. I've been Instagramming lately. Yeah. So I've been putting pictures of my roses on Instagram. In my so garden, there's this uh, kind of uh, calendar of smells that oh. like once the lilac is done and the rose comes in and the elder flower right now is just starting to open up as well. So there's different nice. parts of my yard you can go and, and get that heavenly scent. The nice little smells. The winter Daphne is what starts the year. Mm. And that's this yeah. year. I think it started at the end of January and it just stops people in their tracks. Oh, I believe it. Yeah, cause I don't yeah. think winter Daphne is something to, to look at. I don't like the waxy leaves. I don't like the mm-hmm. scraggly look of the bush, but it does, it does smell lovely. Mm-hmm. So people literally will just stop. Like, oh, what is that? Well, especially at the end of you know, winter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There hasn't really been anything unexpected. really lovely to smell. And then suddenly this heavenly perfume. Yeah. And the, I've had people, because I live on a busy street, people will pull over to look at the roses because they're all over my fence. Mm-hmm. They're just yeah, they're you have so, beautiful climbing roses. Yeah. Yeah. They're just rangy old. They came with the house, turn of the century house, and just pulled them out of a laurel hedge, which oh. they were suffering. <laughs> yeah. Next year when you're trimming, I might just say, oh, give me some of those prunings. Let's see if we can get those to root and... Oh, yeah. Stick them along my fence out front because that would be kind of nice. Yeah, it's nice. Beautiful. That's good therapy. So what have you been doing with roses this week? Well, my new thing, right now I've got all of these dried roses all over my front porch. (laughs) (laughs) Mm, (laughs) Go figure. Yeah. (laughs) So bless you. So the fun thing is this uh, week I'm going to take a bunch of those roses and turn it into rose honey. Ooh, that sounds tasty. Yeah. Are you planning to do that like infused or are you going to powder them and put them in? Oh, well, the I've done this before and I just had fresh roses mm-hmm. and they're, they're very fragrant ones, not the hybrid ones that don't have a smell. Right. I've got some of those out front and they are gorgeous, they're but, mm-hmm. but they're... They don't smell. No. Yeah. These are old fashioned dog roses and collecting those... And just fill it in a little jar and like a half quart jar, not a mm-hmm. full one one quart jar. And I'll fill it up to the part where the jar just has a little curve in it. Okay. And I'm not jamming it in there, nor am I washing them. Okay, so you just put them in just as they are. Yes. If you wash them, you're adding a lot of water to it. 
right. which is unnecessary. And frankly, not if you've got good. if you've got rose petals that have to be washed, I'm suspecting you might not want to use those anyway. Right. You don't want to use roses that have been sprayed with anything or that are getting right sprayed. Road or yeah. yeah, that they're dirty and, and yucky. Just fresh rose petals, just put them putting them in there and collect I, my plan is collect them in the morning while they, you know, because right. by evening, a lot of the scent has come out of the rose petals. Right. So I'm just taking them right from the rose bush into the jar. Straight into the Straight jar. Straight in the jar. And then I put some honey on top of it. And it needs to be warm honey. So warm the honey like in the microwave or on the or stove? Outside on the, or outside on the back porch for me. Nice, in my, the sun on the... Yeah. So it just has to be mildly warm. We're not talking about like heated as much as right. body just, temperature so that it's, it's runny and it's going to go in between all those petals. Ah, makes sense. Right. So I'm collecting the, again, I'm collecting the petals in the morning. I put a lid on that, put it away, put my honey on the back porch. I go to work. I come back. The honey is warm because it's mm-hmm. five o'clock at this point. Right. And then I pour that warmed honey over the flower petals until and let it sit, you know, kind of stir it up a little bit as and they'll start to shrink a little bit okay. as they hit the warm honey, which is okay. I know that some people, you know, they'll they'll let their rose honey sit for a couple of days and then they just use it because the rose petals really do kind of turn into kind of shriveled little balls and they're like, Oh, I'm fine with having that on my sandwich. I think the texture is weird. Yeah, that does sound kind of weird. Yeah, so I don't like that. And and it also really narrows the field of people that will eat it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it looks yeah. pretty. There's no two ways about it. It looks right. really pretty with it in there. But after a week, then I'll um, take it and warm it again and just put it mm-hmm. like I'm a crockpot gal. So put water in the crockpot, put the jar with the lid off in the crockpot and let that warm it. So like a, really a water bath, heat. a nice low water, water bath. Yeah. So again, it's a water bath. Yeah. So again, it's, it's just warming it up. So it's nice and liquidy and then take it out and strain it. Mm-hmm. Nice mesh strainer. And there you go. There's your rose petal. Oh, sounds wonderful. Honey. Yeah. Is there a specific type of honey you like best? Um, I've always used wildflower honey. And another mm-hmm. thing that I'm going to try this time is put a cinnamon stick and a couple of cloves in there. Ooh. Cuz the that rose petal wonderful. Yeah, yeah. That'll be warming. Yeah. And the rose petals are astringent. Yeah. You know, they're very high in quercetin which is good for your um uh, cardiac system, mm-hmm. your your um circulation, but also I figured adding that cinnamon and the cloves that's really warming and it's good for circulation too. And it would be a nice balance with that really uh, kind of astringent taste yeah. that rose petals, as much as we like them, have. Right. That sounds and, wonderful. Yeah. It's probably, are you using um, local honey too? Because that would probably be really good for yeah. allergies. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That And allergies are another fun thing. Mm-hmm. But I know that that's going to add a like a darker color to it. So I'm going to be really yeah. moderate, just a couple. And they don't need a lot. Yeah, you, you know, probably like, like one cloves, or two. Yeah, one cinnamon stick. Yeah, yeah, and I think that I'm would excited. Be nice. I'll be hoping to see a recipe for that. Yeah, and I'll bring some for us to taste. So can oh, taste I'll it. definitely look forward to that. <laughs> you know, I'll always be happy yeah. to taste some honey. And I saw another thing that I haven't tried, but I thought it. I, we were talking about it. 
um, that in Iran, they take dried rose petals and they powder them and then stir them into their yogurt. Yeah, that sounds really tasty to me. Yeah. Yeah, Patrick didn't think that was such a great idea, but I thought that sounded really quite tasty. I was figuring that and some vanilla would be so delicious. Yeah, or the like the Greek um, yogurt that has just a little bit of honey in it, so it's got a little bit of yeah, sweetness. Yeah. So uh-huh. you get that. It'll probably bring out the yeah. flavor even more. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, you, you have to watch it with rose petals because they do have a bit of a laxative effect if you take too much. So, Ooh. like, which you know, that's it. <laughs> that could be problematic. Yeah, it can. It can make your perhaps romantic morning be. Um, uh, spend more time in the bathroom than you would like, but um, it is a nice, it is a nice um, taste. And if you're just putting a little honey, I mean, how much honey are you going to be eating anyway? That's, I know. Right? Watch that, but it's a nice little flavor on a bit of toast or something like that. Or that sounds absolutely lovely. Yeah. Yay. Yeah, and it's also got some um, some analgesic properties too. So I was thinking, you know. I, for women that have some problems with menstruation, mm-hmm. having a little rose petal tea or rose petal honey to help with the pain of, of menstruation, that would yeah. be just a nice kind of, what a, what a pampering feeling, yeah. Yeah. you know, with a little bit of medicinal help. Yeah, I usually have, I use that Primrose Edibles, Rose Lady Tea. That it's, yeah, a, it's. Yeah, it's it's available on Etsy. Um, I believe the name of the seller is Prim, Prim, Primrose Edibles. Uh huh. Anyway, it's I make it. It's just a cold infusion. It's a really simple one. But whenever I'm having stressful weeks, that's my that's like go to. You know, make myself a quart of that. And so, is it just rose petals? Or? That has hibiscus, rose petals, and lemongrass in it. Oh, nice! And the scent is dominant, predominantly the rose, right? Um, it's the only hibiscus tea I've ever liked in my life. So she must not be using a lot of hibiscus mm-hmm. in there because usually that's much too it's sour very, for me. Yeah. Oh, sour? Yeah. It's, it, to me, it, it always seems like a sort of a sour or tart flavor. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it, it's very, very astringent. Mm-hmm. I can see whether she'd put the lemongrass in there to kind of tone that down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, with that astringency, that does help with your digestion, your kidneys. Yeah. And pull stuff out of the kidneys. Yeah. And it's, it has the feel of something that's like opening your heart center and feeling like you can just let things go Mm -hmm. and you're safe. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of feeling that tea always gives me. So Mm. I enjoy it. Oh, that's nice that that's out there. The, the rose uh, hips we haven't talked about as much. And I think, I might just try uh, making some rose hip honey too while I'm at it. Mm, that'd probably be really good. Yeah. yeah. And I think because the rose hips I have are dry, I might have to maybe soak them ahead of time. I'm going to have to try. I don't want to, again, I don't want to add water to the. I'd mix. probably try adding those plus the honey to the crock pot and just, just doing it. it. Yeah. Like I did the, the um, lemon balm honey last year. Right. I did that from fresh lemon balm leaves and I stuck it, but I stuck it on the heat so that it would fully extract because mm-hmm. I didn't feel like it was going to pull everything out if I just left it cold and mm-hmm. that worked really well. So I'm thinking that rose hips would work well that way. Yeah. And that might be a good uh, earthen jar 
honey thing to do is, you know, how you take, you, you dig a hole in your yard and you get a, a jar, you know, a, a glass jar mm-hmm. and you fill it with some kind of herb that you like. La- I think last time I did it, I filled it with, with lemon balm mm-hmm. and just poured all that honey on there and sealed up real tight and then covered it with dirt and put a rock over it. Yeah, so, so no one I don't steps dig. on it and forget about it. Yeah, <laughs> and then I came back in the spring after the rains and pulled that out, and it had infused for months. Yeah. yeah, and and tolerated. You know, if you're in a place where it freezes hard, yeah, then that wouldn't work. But probably northern us, Minnesota, not so much. But then you could put it down in your root cellar. That's true. That's true. You could do that because basically you're making yourself a little root cellar. Yeah, and I don't have a basement at my house. Yeah, there's there is no place for a root cellar, but it I can and I have done the the just dig a hole, stick your jar in there, cover it with a rock, and then do not make this mistake of getting too close with the shovel <laughs> to the jar while you're trying to dig it out. While I'm trying to dig it. Out. <laughs> yeah, that's a recipe for disaster. Oh, we're so sad. <laughs> <laughs> crack oh yep that was the end yep but it was a really nice strong infused honey nice that i just used it as a syrup you know strained it out warmed it strained it out and boy it was a very dark blend sounds delicious for this one just for a rose petal and just Mm -hmm. or you know the rose hip i might try i've usually done earthen jar over the winter yeah but i've never tried it over the summer what if it would work? I don't know. Maybe I'll try it under the apple tree where it stays in shade. Yeah. Because it's not like I'm gardening under the apple tree. No. I'm going to experiment. Y'all look on our website for the results of this crazy experiment. I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to get you on the Instagram so you can start taking pictures of your crazy experiments. Right. Because oh. I'm not the only crazy one here. No, you're not. I definitely join you in the in the crazy, crazy try to try things. Yeah, we'll, we'll call it apple tree, summer apple tree, jar. Oh, there's too many words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just southern, summer earthen jar. Earthen, nope. All right. Never if mind. I, it out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have it. I'll try something else later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What else do we, what do we like about Rose that we want to mention? What are the kind of wonders? Oh, wonders of the rose. You know, and the, the spring and early summer is a good time for making rose flower essence. If oh, you're yeah. planning to do that. And as long as you're using roses that are not um, sprayed with anything, you can use the non-toxic style. So if you're, if you're like doing it in your own yard where you know it's all organic, mm-hmm. then you can use the, the, you know, float a few rose petals, put your bowl down by the roses you know, you yeah. can use that style. If you're going to be doing it where you're not positive that the roses have not been touched with pesticides, you might want to consider the non-touching. The non, yeah. so, so with the flower essences, when it's not touching, you just have, do you have a sealed jar you're putting by the flowers? When I do it, I leave the jar open. Sometimes I'll include a quartz crystal in there with the intention that that will help draw in the proper energies. Mm -hmm. But I do generally leave it open. I may put a light cloth over it just to ensure, like a cheesecloth or something, to ensure nothing falls in. Or vinegar, because I've had both. 
I use water for the initial infusion and then, or the initial charging, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then I'll use vinegar. If I personally tend to use brandy to for the preservative, Mm -hmm. but there are people who prefer to use vinegar because they don't want the alcohol. Right. Which is also reasonable. Yeah. I I just don't like the sour. I have to admit. Yeah. Yeah. I I love sour. (laughs) So you're when you're making that. What's the what is the thing that you're curing or treating or whatever for the rose? Yeah, that's about opening your heart center and being more letting things go. There's oh, a okay. release. So if you're go. feeling uptight or anxious, yes, yes, okay. it's really good for helping soothe anxieties. Uh, anxiety would it help with an anxiety attack? Yes, it can. What would it combine well with? For a flower essence formula? I think that would really be, that's kind of an individual, it depends on where your anxiety issues are coming from. Oh, You know, that's a tougher one. Right. If for me, you know, when I'm using, creating an anti-anxiety flower essence type of formula, Mm -hmm. for me more often than not, the anxieties that I'm dealing with are all hormonal. It's perimenopause or it was PMS when I was younger. Now Mm -hmm. I decided I'm going to call it perimenopause. Claim it. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to claim it. I'm going to own it. I've been dealing with this for five years. I'm going right. to own it, man. <laughs> so actually more than five years. God, I know, I'm old. Yeah. Anyway, I, I would I would end up putting it with um, like rock water because it's very grounding. Oh. And because my energy, the problem for me is that my energy will all go flooding up to the top of my body. And then it's like I want to just like fly but of course you can't fly you know that's what it's the feeling of that trying to rush up and Mm. i need to get things to ground back down and if i can get back down into my toes then the anxiety usually dispels okay so So. but you're making you're making the rose water on its own or the rose flower essence on its own and then the rock water on On its own and combining them okay yeah wow yeah there that's just the i mean that's just the tip of the iceberg there really are tons of other things to use for rose, but it's yeah. maybe we'll save those for other shows. Yes. Look forward to other shows, future rose. shows on rose. Now it's time for a real herbalism radio sponsor break. The Practical Herbalist Press, that's in addition to our website and our podcast. That is right. Practical Herbalist Press is all about providing really good books and information by written by experienced herbalists. Us. Us, but others <laughs> eventually as yes, well. that's very true. And it's bite-sized information that we research the heck out of. We have medical information out there that we're really doing a lot of research on. We are. We have growing gardening with herbs. We got stuff for about pets, your yes. home, your family, ethnobotany. Ethnobotany. Mm-hmm. We also put it in terms of the traditional ways we've talked about historic, herbs, like yeah. historic. Mm-hmm. Whether they're warm and cooling, that right. sort of thing. Mythical and very practical stuff. The Practical Herbalist Press is dedicated to providing the best herbal related books on the market. Look for our titles on Amazon, search for the Practical Herbalist Press, or visit our website at practicalherbalistpress.com. Now, back to the show. Herbalism 101. This is part of the show where Sue and Candace answer a listener question or teach you about an herbal definition or term covering basic to advanced herbal knowledge. If you would like the dirt on herbs, herbalism, or anything else related, 
You can send your question using our simple contact form at realherbalismradio.com slash herbalism101. If we choose your question for the show, we will send you a free PDF ebook, Natural Nutrition by the Practical Herbalist, currently available for $4.99 at the Practical Herbalist store. Here's Candace and Sue to discuss this show's Herbalism 101 topic. Today's question comes from Michelle. Michelle asks, what are some herbs that I can use for menstrual cramps and something to help with heavy flow? Thank you. I love your podcast and I'm trying to teach myself herbalism and you two are so helpful and entertaining as well. I think we're entertaining. Of course we think we're entertaining. I just didn't think anyone shared that view. (laughs) 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 Apparently there are others that find us amusing. That's good. Well, welcome. Yes. Menstrual cramps and flooding. I think that's a plain bane of my existence, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, (laughs) I love treating flooding though. Do you? Yes, I do. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I know. It sounds sick. But okay. So here's the reason. There was a patient that what her life was dominated by flooding. Oh, hello. She had it yeah. every other week. Oh, and I it, had a friend like that. Yeah. It every 15 days. Out, and it had been going on for years. Yeah. And she'd gone to specialist after specialist. And they're just like, well, we can pump you full of hormones. But those also upset her a lot and they're like well or we can give you a hysterectomy or just all of these radical solutions that she Mm -hmm. didn't like she had to it it completely influenced her her job she ended up having to work for herself it was a very flexible schedule for Mm -hmm. much less pay than she felt like she deserved right so uh, we talked about um, shepherd's purse capsella Mm -hmm. and we added that with i believe uh, we added Vitex to the formula as well. And the shepherd's purse is great for yes. treating flooding. And she still had you no know, periods every yeah. every other week. Right. But the flooding it reduced that completely. at least. Yeah. So instead of having a full seven days where she's laying on her bed holding her belly, oh, she had yeah. three days where it was a heavy flow and Yet she could get out of bed and walk around. So it's like she had this prison sentence. Right. Half of her life she spent crouching, you know, barely able to deal with it and constantly battling anemia. And with the introduction of both Vitex and Shepherd's Purse in her life, she felt like she got her life back. Nice. I know. So that's what I love. It's, It's a very easy... Oh, easy fix. I say, I know that it can be, it can be, it can be, it's not, you know, that's again, it's a symptom. Yeah. For me, I tried shepherd's purse and it did nothing. Right. Absolutely nothing. I was very disappointed. I was disappointed (laughs) too. I'd like you to admit that. But but for most people, it works really well. Yeah. 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 So, but people keep in mind that our, our responses can be symptoms of a variety of different things. Like with your thyroid, hypothyroidism can be caused. There are three different types of hypothyroidism that are caused by three different completely completely different issues. Right. You know, a pituitary gland or a damaged thyroid gland or, you know, what have you. And that's just the beginning. Right. So it's the same thing for flooding. It can be caused by a huge variety of different things. What was the thing that helped you the most? For me, I ended up using... 
Let's see, I used a variety of herbs. I ultimately got a prescription that was a very low-grade progesterone, mm-hmm. I think is what it was. Was it a cream and or internal? It was an internal. Okay. Because I, I was using the cream, mm-hmm. and that was working for a lot of the other PMSE perimenopause mm-hmm. sorts of symptoms. And then I reached a point where that really wasn't enough and that I was having problems with the flooding. And there I had this one period that was like 20 days. It was horrible. Oh, horrible. And it was like spotty. And then seven days of it became the extreme flooding, like don't leave your house right. kind of flooding. It was really bad. And I wasn't able to get like none, nothing that I used seemed to be working. Mm-hmm. So I took, got the prescription took that pill. I think I it was like one a day and it, I think it was three days that I, it was, it was less than what the doctor expected. So that was mm. great. Then I ended up talking to um, Chinese herbalist Zoe, in mm-hmm. fact. And one of the things she recommended was called six flavor pills, which is for rebuilding your yin, I think if I remember correctly, but it's, it really just helps restabilize your body okay. and it nourishes Shizandra and things like that in it. Yeah, stuff like that okay. in it. Yeah. So I ended up taking that and that ultimately was what corrected the imbalance. Mm. So that at this point I don't have ridiculous levels of flooding anymore. That's great. There was another time that I had flooding that was probably fibroids or a cyst, uterine cyst. Yes. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because yeah. that is something that when people have that, I always recommend, please tell me the last time you went in for a pap smear and a public exam. Right. At the time that I had had that, I had not had one for like six or seven years. Right. It had been Plenty quite a while. Plenty of time to develop a, a hefty fibroid. Yes. So I, I for that one, I think I took um, Don K for half my cycle. Mm-hmm. And then I can't remember the other one. It was one of the ones that you recommended mm-hmm. at the time. And it was also one of those... It wasn't Vitex. What? It was Don K and something else. Um, and it wasn't Shisandra. Shisandra no. is a great one for formulas, too. Whatever it was, it was clearly a yeah. brilliant suggestion. It was. Do you, <laughs> have that, do you have that in your article that you wrote, that post you wrote? Is it in that post? Um, yeah, I was going to republish that on The Practical Herbalist, the one on flooding. Yeah. That's right. Yarrow is another one I've used to help when I've had just heavy, Mm. heavy periods that are not ridiculously excessive, especially when they're accompanied with heat. Mm -hmm. So it's like super hot and my period is that Yarrow's worked really well for that. Yeah, Yarrow is really good at reducing bleeding. That's good. A nice glass of wine often helps some people. That helps with cramps really well. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. For me, when I've had that... And I've had heavy period. If I have it at the heavy period point, it just makes it worse, mm-hmm. like more bleeding and yeah. it becomes thinner. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right, I thinned my blood. Now it's coming out even faster. Right. <laughs> or the cramping that's accompanied by big yes. clots, especially yeah. if you were to throw, and I'm, I'm repeating myself here a little bit, Shisandra berries in the glass yes. of wine and let it sit for a couple hours and then strain that out. Not awesome flavor. Right. <laughs> but it really but it does do help a lot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, raspberry leaf is another good one for raspberry. helping to reduce cramps. Yep. And that's really good, I found, for young people. Yeah. One of the ones I did early on was a combination of nettle and raspberry leaf tea 
pretty much from mid cycle through till my period mm-hmm. to help kind of prepare my body for the ordeal, if you will. Right. Because <laughs> for me, it was my during my younger years, my cycle got heavier and crampier and mm-hmm. less pleasant. And the nettle and the raspberry, the months that I did that seemed to help reduce that. Nice. Yeah. Nice. That would be a, another good thing to add some uh, rose hips to. Yeah, that would be. That out. Because you're, you are in danger of anemia. Yeah. So that combined with the, all the iron that you get in, that you're getting in the nettle, combine that with the vitamin C and ooh, that's really great. Right. And vitamin C is really important for absorbing iron. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, do keep in mind that if you have hepatitis, then you need to be careful about the amount of vitamin C you have and the amount of iron because your liver, when you have hepatitis, is not very good at processing it out. So it'll just store the iron, turning your that liver into a giant ball of iron. Yeah. Not so great. That'd be bad, yeah. So, But for the most part, you can cycle it through. But uh, I, I'm cautious with people with hepatitis about adding a bunch of vitamin C because they're pulling more, even more iron from their uh, diet. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the only caveat I can think of. And, of course, adding the exercise, checking your diet. You've got some stuff more specific in, your, in that article that you're going to put up that ought to help. And that's a, that is a great question, and, and I, my heart really goes out to people suffering with that. Mine does, too. Yeah. I can hardly wait till the end has finally arrived. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, bless you for asking that question. And now it's time to preview our next episode. Sue, Candice, we're going to be talking about... um, We'll be talking with Peter McCoy about his new book, Radical Mycology. Yeah. He sent that book to us, and it was signed. Yes, it's really signed. (laughs) A signed signed copy, yep. So we opened it up and lifted it out of the box, and it was so scary. It's a good thing I was there because Sue fainted. Yeah, I, I passed was, right I, out. I, 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 swooned, I caught I that book before it hit the floor. Yeah, letting no me damage. fall. And pre- no, we're <laughs> kidding. We're joking here. No, it was this huge, it's this really big, big book. It's a thick one. It's a very thick book, and we we're paging through it, and it looked very, very specific. And I was nervous about it. I love mushrooms. Oh, yeah. And you love all that science crap. I love the science <laughs> stuff. Yes. But I was, I was intimidated. However, I have to say it was nice to have Peter McCoy be our guide through the world of mycology. Yes. You know, and I liked how he also said it's, it, part of it is learning to see mushrooms. Yes. You know, being aware of them and looking, learning to look for them, looking, learning to notice them, you know, because they are, they are all over the place. And it wasn't until I picked up a cute little book about mushrooms. You know, oh, that's adorable. This uh, David Aurora, you know, oh, the yeah. Promises and More. Yeah. That book was too adorable not to pick up. So I picked that up and that was the beginning. And it was, it's like kind of the veil came from my eyes and I was able to notice them all over the place and now oh it's over you know that's all I Mm. that's all I see and look for is these wonderful mushroom worlds so it's nice having a good author that adores them you know walk us through that world that was a fun interview yeah I'm looking forward to that for more information on the links and resources that we mentioned on this program check out our show notes on 
realherbalismradio.com or thepracticalherbalist.com slash podcast. And if you would like to in, uh, enter your comments or maybe a question that you had about the podcast that we had, we'll, we'll read them over and uh, select a few of them to read on our podcast and comment on them. We want to have your feedback. We want to know what you think about what we're talking about here. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter and subscribe to our podcast and check us out on Facebook and on Pinterest. And we're also on Twitter. The show is brought to you by Practical Herbalist Press, herbal books for today's practical herbalist. Find their books on Amazon.com today.